This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here. Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling from AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, many promotions, wrestlers and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. Uh, sorry for the long wait for everybody. Uh, I've been trying to figure out what's the next content I wanted to throw for all of you. But it just hit me like a few days ago, or should I say last Saturday. I was thinking, you know what, since I haven't done one of those AEW versus NXT, which we normally call the Wednesday Night War. Well, if you guys read the topic, is NXT versus AEW. The reason I say this is because, as you know, for the past couple of weeks, AEW has been changing their times for due to the NBA Finals. A couple weeks ago, they actually had their AEW Dynamite show on a Saturday. The following week, which is last week, they actually had theirs on a Thursday, which was okay. But this past week, they actually had it on a Wednesday, back to its original form. But however, um, recently NXT had their last few shows. The last two, the the first during that time, NXT had their regular Wednesday night shows. But except this week, they changed it to Tuesday. Now. Before I move forward and talk about that, there's some there, I wanted to give you guys the results of the ratings and views that both AEW and NXT had for this week. Now, as you know, this past Tuesday, which is September 1st, NXT had their show, which they call it Super Tuesday. Here's what they, the results are. NXT received with the views of 849,000 views with the rate of 0.26 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Uh, however, AEW from yesterday on the uh, September second, they received the views of nine hundred and twenty-eight thousand views with the rate of zero point three six. Now you ask yourself, how's that even possible? Now let's talk about that for a little bit before I move forward. As you all know, there's been a lot of discussion about AEW winning the eighteen to forty-nine demographic. There have been a few occasions where NXT have won the viewership. Some WWE fans will probably go, Yeah, screw you, AEW. We won the viewership this week. But, however, it did not go exactly how the fans would have expected. Now, if you guys don't know what I'm referring to, I'm referring to the 18 to 49 demographics. The ratings are the reason AEW are still continuing to rise. Now, I always say this to people. Why do, Why is the ratings important? So if you guys are WWE fans are saying like, Hey, J-Rod, it's a load of crap, you know? Uh, NXT's better than AEW. I get it. I really do. But I watch both shows. I either, either DVR one or the other. It all depends. But the problem is, right now, um, Wrestling Observer's Brian Alvarez made a good, compelling argument. Now... Since this week we did not see head-to-head between AEW and NXT, even for the past couple weeks, they did pretty good in their numbers. Now, the real question is, if they did pretty good, it's proven that there are fans who watch both shows. Either, Like I said, either you DVR one or the other. So, the real question is that people are asking... Why isn't that NXT doesn't move to another channel? 
there's re- reports coming in that there's been a consideration of moving NXT on Tuesday because I think some people within WWE are now starting to consider there is no way to beat AEW on the same time slot. But however, the way I would see it, Vince is not going to let that happen. Reason is, Vince is not going to tolerate another promotion stealing his thunder. If, even if that promotion is AEW. Now, you probably ask yourself, ask me this question like, J-Rod, what are you talking about? Why is Vince won't tolerate? Vince has spent years, ever since the end of the Attitude Era, to convince fans, no, that promotion sucks. They don't have nothing. No, they don't got good talent. But all of a sudden, there are good talent. They collect them like collectibles. You know? That's always been the situation. Vince will not tolerate another promotion that should that is stealing their thunder. Even if, like I said, if it's AEW. TN, TNA was supposed to be that one promotion that could have gone in competition with WWE, but it didn't go that way. It never had. But that's the reason like that. So basically is this. We can see both AEW and NXT succeeding without competing with against each other every week. But like I said... Vince will not let that happen. He will do whatever it takes to ensure that AEW will not succeed. Now, Impact Wrestling, in the other hand, is on Tuesdays. They're not going to be in competition with them. They're more worried about themselves, how they're going to do. If you guys know, Impact Wrestling has the best women's division in their promotion outside of WWE. Now, some of you WWE fans out there are saying, J-Rod, that's a load of bullshit. You know WWE has, yes, but they haven't been showcasing that very much. There were some wrestlers that should have been already getting the title shots already, but it did not happen. But like I said, if if that is the consideration, then they should. But the problem is, is Vince. He's not going to tolerate it. The reason I say that, it's his ego. He will not tolerate a promotion stealing his thunder. And that's how it's always been. He has a big ego. So if you guys now understand that. Now, you probably ask me, J-Rod, how do the ratings work? Well, I cannot explain it. But however, you can ask, look at this video uh, by Squared Circle Cycle Babble. Uh, it's Squared Circle Together, Cycle Babble Together too, with the space right in the middle between them. They have... Um, the one of the hosts named Michael Vellante, he has he made a video that kind of explains the ratings. So I'm not very good at that because Michael Vellante have always made it on his YouTube and podcast that he know, he's worked in television. He knows what he's talking about. It, it explains a lot about the ratings. So if you guys get a chance, go on YouTube, uh, type squared circle space psychobabble. They and you'll find it the same the ratings explain or something like that. It's been a, um, a couple months ago because people still talk about that. WWE fans, uh, you know, kind of bitch about this that it's unfair that AEW are winning and NXT are losing. Well, it is what it is. You can't do nothing about it. But for now, let's move forward. What happened this week with both AEW and NXT? But first, let me start with NXT since it happened last Tuesday. 
it started out with the with a street fight match or a street fight six man uh, match, six man tag team match between Legado del Fantasma versus the newly crowned a- NXT tag team champions of Breezango um, teaming with Isaiah Swerve Scott. This has become a foot blood war between them. The match was seems like it was going. Brizango and Scott's way, but a certain moment, uh, Legado has been able to turn around. But however, in this particular match, it the former tag NXT tag team champions, um, Imperium showed up. They're still ticked off that they lost to to who they believe are a bunch of numbskulls. You know, reason is they they if you follow Imperium pretty well, they always go out with this whole thing: respect the match. The, the mat is is sacred, and they believe Brizango are not following that. Well, they lost to them, so they just love to have fun. And then the best part that happened in that match, while they were dealing with Tyler Breeze, all five of them, Fandango and Scott were lifted up the forklift and jumped on top of them, allowing for um. Isaiah for Scott to pick up the victory, and this was a good match. I feel that Scott should be continuing his hunt for the NXT Cruiserweight title to dethrone Santos Escobar, since Santos Escobar's claim he's untouchable. Well, not really. You've been lost once before. So, I love this match. Then we see Tegan Knox talking about how her relationship with Candice LeRae has gone from good all the way to bad where she decided to accept the Gargano way. And basically she's like reminiscing everything that happened between them. But she says she's willing to talk to her to lay this all to rest, to stop with this nonsense. Because if you guys follow the story, Candice was upset with Tegan for what she did months ago where... Both she and Gargano were targeting both Mia Yim and Keith Lee. And Tegan got involved in a little funny little segment on video that both Mia Yim and Keith Lee put out. But Candace did not like her involvement. But Tegan didn't do anything wrong. All she was doing is playing a part that they asked him to do. But later jumps in with the match between Candace LeRae versus... Uh... Uh... KC uh, Kanzazaro. The match was okay, but Candace, on the other hand, took the victory. And she said she's willing to invite Tegan to dinner on her to hash out everything that happened between them. Like, here's the way this goes Tegan believes they're still good in Candace, but Candace believes that she needs to drop this whole attitude and accept the Gargano way. You know? But we'll just wait and see what happens. That's going to be next week. Then we see a video uh, message between uh, with Rhea Ripley, who wants a piece of Mercedes Martinez. Now, she thought she got rid of her when she powerbombed her on the concrete a couple weeks ago. Except last week, she cost her a match between, that she was in with Aio Shirai, our current NXT Women's Champion. But Mercedes got involved this time. So Rhea Ripley is demanding the challenger to s- into a steel cage match, which we later yet 
to hear that she accepted the challenge. So Mercedes and Rhea Ripley will be in a steel cage match. I can't wait to see it. Now, the next match we have is Bronson Reed versus Timothy Thatcher. Now, these two guys, Bronson Reed has already been the guy who already beaten uh, Damian Priest before the whole um, ladder match for the North American title in the five-way. But Timothy Thatcher became the first challenger to face uh, Damian Priest. So this match was great. So I think many people were hoping for Bronson Reed to win. But however, Ace Austin, who made his return last week, saying that Bronson Reed will probably win his, uh, his first championship at the age of 55. Bronson didn't like that, so he bitch slapped him for insulting him. However, like they, there's the old saying, an eye for an eye. So Austin kind of got that on Bronson Reed to get even with him for getting that slap, costing him the match. So, however, this is going to be a new feud between Bronson Reed and Austin Theory. Austin Theory thinks he's better than everyone else, but however, you don't beat a guy, you don't try to piss off a gigantic monster like Bronson Reed. Now, we jump into our main event, which is a 60 minute Iron Man match in a four way style for the NXT Championship. As you know, Karrion Cross relinquished the title due to his shoulder injury that he sustained two weeks ago when he faced Keith Lee. So he made that decision to drop it. However, hours a couple an hour later, William Regal made the announcement that they will recruit uh, four wrestlers, or he's considered the four pillars of the NXT. He picked Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, Finn Balor, and Tommaso Ciampa. All four of these men have been the NXT champion before. So this is going to be a 60-minute Ironman match in a four-way, which has never been done before. So this was one of those matches that was over the top. I have to say this was awesome. Because the thing is, you don't know who's going to pick up the victory, how many pinfalls or submission. But in the first maybe 30 minutes, that's when we have everyone receive one pinfall each and we don't know who to expect now this the way i would see it we would see it if you guys do follow it i think the way this match would have won that either one of these guys would have picked up the second pinfall or submission so that's what it was going but the way it ended was the one thing that kind of made it pretty interesting finn balor applied the coup de gras on tomaso champa earning his second victory. But however, unknown to him, Adam Cole gave him the, that little knee maneuver that he always does. I forgot what he called it. Lights out or whatever. Making his second pinfall. But however, by the time that happened, the t clock went out. The 60 minutes went out. So basically, it ended in a draw between Finn Balor and Adam Cole. So they were arguing who is the champion. But however, by, however, Willem Regal made the interesting announcement. He said, next week, it's for the NXT championship match, championship in a one-fall match between Adam Cole and Finn Balor. Now, this is like one of those matches you don't want to miss this coming Tuesday. So I'm excited to see this. I, I'm, 
I still don't know who is. I'm a bit biased for this match because I don't know who's going to win it. But we'll just got to wait and see. Now, let's jump in with AEW Dynamite. The first match of the night, it was Santana versus Santana Ortiz versus the Best Friends. Now, this rivalry between them has gone so far that people were losing their minds. The reason is, ever since the Santana and Ortiz lost to the Best Friends a couple weeks ago, they took into retaliation against them for losing... And smash Sue's, uh, Trent's mom's minivan, Sue's minivan. And, of course, Trent was not so too subtle what they did. They were demanding for them to apologize to his mom, but Santana Ortiz looking like, you guys are a bunch of idiots. Why would he want to apologize that? What are we, 10 years old? That's what they would see. But, frankly, their match was so brutal... But somehow, Santana and Ortiz had a plan. There was a moment where Trent hit his back on the stair, steel stair, uh, st- uh, steps. But at the same time, they somehow sneaked in a baton. And used that on Trent. And allowing them to pick up the victory. But however, Ref was starting to be suspicious. But it is what it is. Then we jump in with MJF's speech about how he said he's going to beat John Moxley for the title. But Lee Johnson, one of his flunkies, interrupts him, telling him that um, his attorney, Mark St- uh, Sturwell, is not coming out. He's more scared to get his ass beat by Moxley, which means he should be. I mean, he was the one who suggested the paradigm shift be removed. But it is what happened. Next thing we have is an eight-man tag team match. With SCU, Christopher Daniels, Frank and Zara teaming with Private Party. Versus the Lucha Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, along with Marco Stunt, teaming with the Young Bucks. Now, however, in this particular match, the Young Bucks are still pissed. After what happened last week with Hangman costing them the gauntlet match and kicking him out of the elite they are still unhappy with how things have gone somehow FTR got to his head and all this and that but much of the match you see Nick and Matt tag teaming each other or teaming themselves tagging themselves back in the match it's more like they're in desperation but at the same time Still upset over the fact that they could have got a chance to face Kenny and Hangman. They're not afraid of them. But it's FTR who goes out in their head telling Hangman that he's afraid of them. But that's not the case. But they picked up the victory and they did not celebrate with the Jurassic Express. They just walked off. But prior to that, they didn't even do the, their, their pose. They just were not having it. They're still dealing with... With the effect of a week last Thursday. So that's what happened. So it's now confirmed. That the winners of this 8 man tag. The Jurassic Express. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Will face the Young Bucks. At All Out. This is going to be an interesting thing to see. I'm seeing now that. The Young Bucks are going. More aggressive in this story. 
And I think that's something that was missing their entire time. But I can't wait to see how this is going to go. Then we jump in with Jake Hager, who has a camera crew, going into the locker room where uh, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy's at. Hagar was sent, sending a message to Orange Cassidy from Jericho, telling him he wants him at ringside while he's in his match against Joey Janela. So that is the, the thing what happened. But, there, of course, Orange Cassidy did not say a word. He did not respond. He didn't say anything. He just kept quiet, like, like always. Now... Tully Blanchard gives his little pep talk to FTR about this Saturday. It's all for all. It's all the way that they must beat Kenny and Hangman for the for the AEW titles. So basically, that's what's been going on now. However, related to this, there was an uh, an interview by Tony Schiavone to interview Kenny about what happened last week with Hangman. Costing the Young Bucks a chance for the AEW Tag Team titles. Now, Kenny's saying that he made his mistakes, much like he has. But the problem is, who knows what... But he disuspected FTR got into his head. So that's what happened. And that's always been the case with them. But as soon as he was talking... Here comes FTR and Tully. They were trying to make peace with them, but Kenny wasn't having it. He knows the kind of weasels uh, Ken, uh, FTR and Tully have been trying to pull. Adam Cole comes, I mean, Adam, uh, Hangman Page even comes out trying to find out what's going on, and they still got into his head. So once FTR left, Kenny was not nowhere to be found. He just walked out the ring, leaving Hangman by himself. So, what does this mean? How is this going to play out for Kenny and Hangman at All Out when they face FTR for the AEW titles? Could this be the beginning that we may get to see Kenny become the cleaner once again? Because there has been a lot of cryptic videos of him acting like that since AEW started. But... We'll just got to wait and see what's going to happen this Saturday at All Out. Then we have another interview with Jericho talking about how he's going to destroy Orange Cassidy. But he said he's going to make Joy Janela an example out of him to teach Orange Cassidy a lesson for the last time. Now the match between Joy Janela and, and Chris Jericho was okay. But I'm going to skip it on this one so we can get to the good part. Uh, Joey Janela tried to jump off the ring, but somehow jump over the ring by using the ring, back in the ring by using the ring ropes. He springboard off, but somehow Jericho applied him the code breaker and he won the match. But however, Orange Cassidy comes out, try to beat him. Then Hangman, uh, Hager, like always, tries to be there too. And out of nowhere, here comes Sonny Kiss try to help out uh, Joey and Orange, but it was still not enough. And somehow, Orange Cassidy was about to apply the Superman punch, but Hagar actually got in the way and pulled him out. He had a piece, a bottle of the bubbly with him, and he just spilled it on the ring rope, thumbing down, like wasting good bubbly. That's the way he probably wants this to go with. So. That's what happened. 
So we're going to see their match between the Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho Part 3, the Mimosa match at All Out. So I got to see this one. I hope you guys get to see this one too. Next thing we see is Sammy with his little cue cards saying how he's going to beat Matt Hardy to ensure he lives, that he will be deleted, that forever he'll be long live the Spanish God. But however, unaware to him, right above him from behind, Matt Hardy was right there watching him, like a, like stalking him or whatever he's doing. And he had to saying that Sammy will be broken. So if Matt Hardy loses this match, he has to leave AEW. But the real question is, if you guys are following the story, are they really going to let Matt Hardy go? Because he said he's still got more to things that he wants to do. But all we got to do is win and see what's going to happen. So this will be at All Out. Hope you guys get to watch it. Now, next thing we see is Ta- Team Taz with Ricky Starks and Brian Cage talking about this coming Saturday in the 21-man Casino Battle Royale. The winner of that match will face whoever wins the AEW World title, either Moxley or MJF. We'll take a title shot. Now, Taz is always saying that it doesn't matter which one of the, his two guys, either Starks or Cage, would win it. But, however, they get interrupted by Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, Roberts is like saying that Lance Archer is the much better person for this. Then, here comes Kingston along with the Lucha Bros, the Butcher and the Blade. And then here comes Tully and Sean Spears. And they get into a full-blown preview of the Battle Royale that's taking place this Saturday. So basically, everybody wants a piece to become a champion. You know, we do know that Brian Cage and Lance Archer have been close. So, and Sean Spears, he wants to become champion now. He wants to step up his game. But we just got to wait and see where they're going to go. Now, then we see a little video with the Dark Order. They're going to face off this Saturday against Matt Cardona, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall, Marshall of the Natural Nightmares. And also Scorpio Sky, which is this is going to be a feud that will prove that they're not afraid of the Dark Order. So this is going to be interesting match. How's it go? Now, then we got this women's match. We have Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deb. Now, I'm going to pause this for a little bit for all you guys. You probably ask yourselves, who in the hell is Serena Deb? If you guys don't recognize her, she was the woman that got her head shaved by CM Punk in the Straight H Society. Now, you probably ask yourself, wow, I can't believe that's her. Like, she'd grown her hair. Well, ever since the Straight Edge Society ended, uh, she left WWE, but she came back as a trainer in 2003 for the Performance Center. Now, here's the interesting part that none of you don't know about. Serena Deb is amongst those of the 30-plus people that were released by WWE on April 15th of this year, or as we in uh, people like to call it, Black Wednesday. So it's great to see Serena back doing her thing, facing us, facing against Thunder Rosa. Now, the match was pretty good. I have to say, Serena did an amazing job holding her own on this. But Thunder Rosa, man, she's a badass. I talk about her constantly. You know, Thunder Rosa, like I always said, she's a full-blown leader in the women's division. Uh, but, yeah. So she won the match as always. So... We can't wait to see what's going to happen in All Out. But 
It turns out that AEW and NWA are now in some sort of agreement to share talent. Since if you guys know this now, NWA have been unable to have shows due to the pandemic, but now NWA is doing this thing with the prime time. So NWA is willing to work with anybody as long as their talent get exposure a little bit. Now this thing we see is John Moxley giving a message to MJF about you know, he he's trying to stop him from becoming champion. MJF claims that he is the future of AEW. Maybe so. But the way it goes, it kind of um, shows that he thinks that he will win it to, to save AEW from a guy like John Moxley. But that's how it's going to go. Then we have an interview with Tony Schiavone with Big Soul saying, what is the stipulation in her match against Britt Baker? It's going to call a tooth and nail match. Basically, she's going to appear at Britt Baker's job. Yes, folks, her job as a dentist. So basically, what you're going to see is like a cinematic match that we've seen with WWE with, you know, the Boneyard match, uh, the the Firefly Funhouse, you know, the Swamp Match, all those things. So this is going to be interesting. But however, this match is going to be part of the buy-in. But as soon as this was happening, someone delivered a pizza, and it turns out to be Reba. And it was a sneak attack by Britt Baker and attacked her with the clutches, you know, and all this and that. So Britt Baker claims that she's a role model and she's going to win this one. So we just got to win and see. I, I would love to see where they're going to go on this one with the tooth and nail match. We, we're getting these crazy names and all this other stuff. Now let's go to the main event. We got Mark Sterling, MJF's attorney, versus uh, John Moxley. However, Mark Sterling was being too much of a chicken shit, which is funny. He's trying not to get in the ring. But apparently, under orders by MJF, Warlow has been pushing Mark Sterling to get in the ring. Because here's the stipulation. If Mark Sterling does not compete in the ring, MJF will not get his title shot at All Out. Which is the last thing MJF wants. Mark Sterling doesn't want to face him, but MJF is desperate. To have that title around his waist. To prove a point. So he's not going to let Mark Sterling get away with it. The match was so funny. Like, And John Moxley in the entire match was toying with this guy the entire time. Which was so funny. He allowed him to take a punch. He even used some techniques like getting out of the way. I turn my back, turn. Whatever punch he throws me doesn't affect me. That's that's sort of thing. That is one of those funny moments. But of course he did apply to Mark Sterling his um his paradigm shift. As soon as he won the match, post match, Warlow made an assault against Moxie, beating him down. Here comes MJF, but I knew, I knew right from the start that MJF was lying. The creep was in fact fine. He had no broken neck. He thinks he's going to win now that he took out John Moxley's most powerful arsenal in his weapon. 
But what John Moxley did say was true. And even Excalibur made a good, compelling argument on this. Moxley didn't beat Brian Cage by applying the, the paradigm shit. He tried to break his arm. Because Taz made a good, compelling argument. There was no way Moxley could have applied it because of his show of Cage's shoulders. Now, if this is the scenario I would see before I end this episode, let's say MJF thought he got away with it by beating John Moxley, but however, John Moxley found another move that not even he would have predicted, and he beat MJF that way. MJF will probably go nuts asking how is it possible that he lost to a a dictator like moxley well moxley did say it himself that you know you're giving him time to figure out a way to beat him maybe that's what moxley is doing he's trying to figure out a way how to beat him but however the one thing i am gonna worry about this in this match is warlow and the rest of the of of the campaign folks you know Larry Curley and Mo who have been by his side throughout this campaign may want to try to interfere when the ref is not looking but I have that distinct feeling it's not going to be enough MJF is a I mean Moxley is a fighter he doesn't die you see MJF claims that he's a better wrestler and as for Moxley he got his style from wrestlers from like ECW type you know So that's how it happened this past Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. I hope everybody had a great time watching it. Now, don't forget, folks, we got All Out this Saturday, so you don't want to miss it. If you guys have the Bleacher Report Live, then you might have to pay $50, $60 or so to watch it. Um, If you got the pay-per-view, you can watch it too. So I can't wait to see this how this is going on. I'm excited. There are some match I'm kind of gonna see what uh, kind of curious to see, but for now I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye, Mwah. and have a nice, lovely day. Bang.